SeatGeek is the easiest way to find the best deals on tickets to pretty much any live event. Concerts, sports, theater, comedy, whatever you want. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code SEATS to save $20 on your first purchase. Ha! What's going on, everybody? It's Therese Paler, Chiefs beat writer for the Kansas City Star. And we are bringing back Chiefs Game Plan. Had our first one last week. Thought it went over pretty good. Looking forward to doing another one this week. Got a really good show for you guys. First of all, I was able to get the entire A-team together, which means it was me, Blair Kirkhoff, Ahe Gregorian, Sam Mellinger, and ace photographer Dave Hewlett on Wednesday for a 30-minute roundtable where we talk all things Chiefs, uh, including what we find interesting about the Chargers, some of the Chiefs' bigger surprises. We also answer your questions. You guys have some good questions this week. And I go on a rant about uh, some of the jokes you guys keep making about C.J. Spiller. Definitely want to check that out. And then finally, we end the podcast with a great conversation with my main man, Eric D. Williams, who covers the Chargers for ESPN. He's one of the best in the business. Uh, me and him are very similar in that we like X's and O's. So before every uh, before every Chiefs-Chargers game, we get together before the game and talk strategy. This is one of my guys. I think you'll enjoy that. And at the end, I make a prediction about how I think Sunday's game against the Chargers is going to go. So without further ado, here we go. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey everybody, it's Therese Paler, and I'm with the entire A-team. It's good to have the whole crew back midweek. Very rare that we can get all of us in the mix. It is Blair Kirkhoff, my partner, my man. It is Sam Mellinger, my columnist, my man. <laughs> it is Vahe Gregorian, our other columnist. My man. man. <laughs> Everybody's man. Everybody's man. All the right. man of the people, Vahe Gregorian, everybody. Um, all right, good to have... Uh, Good to have the, the group together here. Um, and we support each other. A-team. <laughs> A-team. A-team. Let me tell you something. A-team is here for each other. I got other. this right here. <laughs> You're here for this. <laughs> the A-team is here for this. A uh, little inside beat writer here for you. Um, we always got a little inside of beat writer Just a little bit. I think the, it brings uh, us close to yeah, the audience. I, I, think that, I think it does. It's good stuff. Um... Hey, this is this is what we wanted to do, man. We've been meaning to get together for a classic old school pod, a classic old school get together to really kind of break this thing down here. Because Chiefs are two and zero, and I think we all maybe expected, you know, to have a nice start. At, I think did you pick them to go something like? No, we no no way. I, I picked actually, them to no start zero and one. I don't know right. that. <laughs> yeah, no. but I think but I, actually we both did the same. But didn't we like have them winning like the next three or four mm-hmm. or something? Yeah, so yeah. okay, yeah. so they're gonna lose one of those next ones coming up here because that's how this thing goes. There's gonna yeah. be a there's gonna be a sneaky one coming. Mm-hmm. And actually, I kind of feel like this game might be a little mm-hmm. sneaky, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely. But listen, Char- Chiefs are playing the Chargers at StubHub Center, which is not a real NFL stadium. No, it's not. It holds twenty-seven thousand people. It's arena league size, is that it? But only not. Oh in, God, it's not even league. league. That, that's indoors. Yeah, right. that's I mean, this is basketball. MLS. It's that bad, man. It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. So look, man, we we got a great show for you today as we break break down this game and preview it. We're gonna go through our biggest surprises of the season. It could be a player or just an aspect of anything. Right? We're going to break that down. We're going to talk briefly about what intrigues us against the Chargers, if anything. Uh, I can think of one thing. Uh, he wears number 13, and he has a rival who happens to be one of the most combustible Chiefs. Uh, I'm sure nothing's going to happen this week. Um, I'll tell you what. He could punt a ball out of the stadium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that could, that, that ought to be your five, five things to watch. <laughs> Can he get it out of the stadium? Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to do our old man football segment where we where one, somebody's going to riff on something. Right? <laughs> and we're going to throw that up to the room. Then we're going to do a reader mail Q&A. So uh, we hope you guys like it and we hope you guys enjoy. Uh, so the first thing we're going to do, we're going to go to the biggest surprises of the season. We're going to start. From Blair, we're gonna work our way here. Blair, right. what's your big surprise this year? Blair? Well, what do you got? the the everybody who's been playing well for the Chiefs, for the most part, are guys who I think we thought had it in them. You know, uh, Tyreek and um, uh, uh, Alex Smith, of course, Justin Houston. I'll 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 have you guys speak to the running back. I'll say Chris Jones because we 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 haven't seen a game from Chris Jones in his year plus career like we saw on Sunday against the Eagles, where he let me see if I get this right. Four tackles, four solo tackles, three sacks, two forced fumbles, 
and an interception. I mean, that's that's an incredible game for anybody, much less a second-year pro who hadn't come close to anything like that. So uh, I'll let you guys talk about the running back. I'll say Chris Jones has uh, just the ability to have that kind of game is eye-opening to me, and I think it speaks well for what this defense can be. I'm going to piggyback on that just a little bit. I don't think it's just Chris Jones. My guy, it's actually going to be all of them. I thought, I think a lot of the interior linemen, like these guys look pumped up. These guys look great. Even Rakeem Nunez Roaches. He hasn't like recorded like a stat, but on a lot of the sacks that Houston had mm-hmm. and a lot of the sacks that uh, Benny Logan had and just these hits and Chris Jones. And I look, I, I got my book here. I'm charting this. He's getting pluses because he's right there. He is like literally the next guy. He is a fraction of a second off from making plays. So he's like right there. And I think Benny Logan's pass rush ability, all these guys, like the Chiefs interior defensive line, these guys look like, you know, these guys look like the real deal through two weeks. Mm-hmm. These boys look pumped up. These guys look for real. And Nacho was in, even though he doesn't have many stats, he was on both of those fourth and one stops against New England. He was in the <clears> middle <throat> of those piles. You know, throwing throwing his body in there, and how many sacks the Chiefs have this year now? Is it eight, nine? It's nine. It's nine. the second most Six in the three. NFL. Right. And what they have last year as a team, twenty something. Yep. You know, yep. and noticeably, I mean, yeah. it's noticeable the, the decrease in sacks, and, and now they're on pace for. I have another interesting thing you guys want to know because again, I labor over this. Um, oh, you you watch the film? I, I do. You try it? I do. But I, I will tell you. <laughs> Would you guys believe they're getting this much pressure with just four man rushes? That, that, that's the whole thing. They're, yep. they're doing the this thing. with four man rushes. Yep. Yep. Somebody pointed that out to me. One of my players pointed, and I was just like, "What? Mm-hmm. Like that's really hard mm-hmm. for four to consistently beat five. If you can take a guy out of coverage, if they keep this up, mm-hmm. that's championship level stuff. You guys got to understand it. Hope I didn't take anything out of your." Wheelhouse, what do you got here? No, 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 I'm glad. I was hoping we talk about that, about the, the pressure without blitzing. Um, I think that's a lot of how they got to Brady. That's how you beat the Patriots. That's what we talked about before that game. Um, that's kind of the secret to professional football, right? If you can do that, uh, you can win a lot of games. But my, because uh, we're talking about surprises, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, my guy is uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. Mm. Um, good one, good one. He has basically been flawless at that position. Um, I think he's given up one hurry or something. I, I'm going to get it wrong, so I'm not going to um, try. But he has been basically flawless. And, and when you watch him again on some run plays, when he pulls and he gets downfield a little bit, he can just erase linebackers. Uh, he, he has been a guy that well, – sixth-round pick, right? And, and just consistently and, – and when they picked him, they picked him because, you know, physically he fit all the – you know, checked all the boxes. Um, but, you know, basically just not played football. Um, and he is just I, – I don't know how many guys can just consistently get better almost literally week by week and certainly year by year. And he's turned into kind of a fringe NFL guy. You get – you know, a lot of six-round picks don't make the roster. And now he got an extension that I think some of us kind of raised our eyebrows about. But he's earning the money now. He just keeps getting better and better and better each week. Good call. I'll go kind of two-pronged, just real quick uh, kind of kiss to, to Justin Houston because – you know, did we really know he was going to be back to this? And I, I thought he played just a terrific game the other day. And more notably for for um, for once, not just because of sacks. Yeah. I, I shouldn't yeah. say for once, but that was the best part of his game. But the one I got to go with really is Kareem Hunt because, you know, you guys were on to him early. You, you understood, especially Therese, what was happening there. But thinking he'd be good to decent is one thing. Thinking he'd be, you know this kind of exceptional right now. In fact, we were just looking this up. You guys may have come across this earlier, but uh, does the name Dutch Sternemann ring a bell? The Dutch Sternemann? <laughs> yes. No. Of the Decatur Staley's <laughs> in 1920. Wow. That's a record he broke for most touchdowns in your first two games. Hmm. Dutch wow. Sternemann of the Decatur Staley's has been passed up. Let me add something to this. When I use the name of like a Hall of Famer on somebody early, like I'm not, yeah. I don't like doing that. Yeah. When I do it, it's because I think the guy's really, I did it about Marcus Peters. I said that like in August, <clears> like <throat> the ball skills are a little Dionish. Mm-hmm. That's not something I use lightly. Kareem Hunt, Emmitt Smith, I said it. Like, if you ever hear me say that, you don't hear me say that about some guys, right? Like, I've never, 
I don't need to point them out, but you know what I mean. I've never said, you know, Lawrence Taylor about whatever, right? I don't just do that. I don't go saying that. My point is, like, you're right. He's actually been really good. I don't even know if I could have predicted this fast of a start. I thought he was going to be good. Not necessarily this early. Even after Spencer Ware got hurt. It's kind of hard to imagine somebody can step right in and be this doggone good. Yeah, that was going to be, you know, the first challenge, right? Can he just step in? Well, I mean, now it's... Well, well above and beyond that. Well, I remember, and I remember thinking in New England, you know, when they gave him the ball the first play, I, I remember turning to you guys and said, what a mistake that was. And not just because he fumbled, just because don't do that to a rookie in his first game. Let him get hit a couple times. You know, let him, you know, get, get used to the feel of an NFL regular season game. Instead, they give him the ball and he fumbles. And what a disaster that turned out to be. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the things that I think more and more the more I watch sports is that it doesn't matter nearly as much your physical talent as is like how you respond to things like that. Yeah. When you get punched, what do you do to react? How do you react? And that was as impressive, you know, to do it after the fumble. I'm more impressed with his first two games because the first carry was a fumble than I would be otherwise. Right. And, and the other thing too, like just we saw it. Uh, if you watch him at Toledo, you see him break a lot of tackles. You never see the first guy bring him down. But in the back of your mind, you're still like, it's the Mac. You know, now he's playing in the NFL. And there was a play, I forgot when it was in the game, but it was a pass out to the right to him. And I counted this. I watched the game again. I counted it was the seventh guy that had a chance to bring him down that finally got the tackle. And I didn't count on the touchdown. That What was it, two or three-yard run or whatever it was. But it had to be the fifth, sixth, seventh guy that had a chance to bring him down there. You mean where he's just, running backwards? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, just the, 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 the strength, can't the just that. continuous – it's – Incredible. I'm going to have a story incredible. coming about that sometime in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Like You can't teach the way he makes people miss. No. You, you can have a good athlete, and some of them just get hit and they mm-hmm. fall. But the way, the, the instinct he has, you just have it or you don't. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's two things, by the way. It's make people miss, but also break the tackle. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, it's both, which not everybody can do both either. I'll go back to the New England game real quick, and everybody will remember the 78-yard touchdown reception. I was more impressed with his three-yard touchdown catch where he had to kind of you know, go yeah. up and twist his body a little bit. Yeah. That play showed me something that I didn't think. And then sprint to the corner. Yeah, and then get to the corner, yeah. right? Lost no momentum. Right. Almost game momentum. That was a fantastic play. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to the next subject, which is the upcoming opponent, San Diego, Los Angeles. <laughs> How many times yeah, is you're that talking with your heart? <laughs> I am. I am. Do we think we fully replaced the San Diego no. experience? We think we're close this weekend, but it's not going to be the same. No, it's not. It's not even close. I, I mean, I, I'm just... Blair thinks it might be close. I'm not going to get over this. I, look, I, there, there's some places in Los Angeles that'll, that will But we're not going to be walking to Mexico like we almost did last, <laughs> last time. Right. That, that I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying Phil Rivers is doing it right. <laughs> He's staying <laughs> in San Diego and commuting. And it's day. three, it's three hours that that's the commute? But I think he does it. With he's traffic. For him, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. With traffic, I think yeah. he's got somebody driving, right? He's got a Madden cruiser, yeah. I think. He's got one that's of those. Right. Go for him. That's what I would do. So outside of this this move to Los Angeles, what intrigues you guys about the Chargers? I, I'll kick off. I mentioned it earlier. Uh, Keenan Allen versus Marcus Peters is going <laughs> to yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah. What are the odds that we get a Marcus Peters game? Which includes what? Uh, an interception and uh, unsportsmanlike, some sort of fifteen-yard penalty, or or a five-yard penalty now because we know that punting the ball <laughs> is a five-yard delay a game. Should uh, we just call that the like Marcus Peters eighty-five percent? Like, Whenever you have the interception and then like an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, should we just say yeah? You got a Marcus. Marcus yeah. You got a Marcus today? Uh, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, I, I expect that to happen. I'll be legitimately surprised if he doesn't have a penalty. I really will. I'd be surprised if you didn't have a pick. Yeah. I, I think it goes both ways. Yeah, it hasn't, hasn't come close to one. Had, well, they didn't throw he's out of against New England. Right. Oh, he's right. Philly threw out of yeah. He almost had the one. Um, remember, there was like a little dig oh, in the trail right, field. Right, almost, yeah. Ooh, I've seen that one happen before. <laughs> <laughs> remember, we've seen that. You can't really go throwing digs on Marcus Peters and he man. Loves he loves <laughs> He sees it. Yeah. He closes. Yeah. Anything else, guys? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think San Diego, or, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, so sorry, not just the uh, big Look, as long as you don't type uh, it, uh, yeah. it's okay. Yeah, uh, The Chargers, I'll just say the Chargers' pass rush is, is interesting to me, yeah. and, and if, you know, how much they can get to Alex Smith. And, That's a good Because uh, I, I did think that, uh, we talked about it 
during the game, we talked about it after the game uh, against Philadelphia, that, that was there was a moment there late in the second quarter where Alex Smith was shook, where he got hit mm-hmm. hard and he was shook. And I think that um, if you're the Chargers, you saw that on, on tape, and that's what you want to do again. You've got some guys that can do it. I was going to say, they're rolling to, and we know both games were lost when uh, kicker missed field goals at, kick, the, yeah. at the end. But they lose to they lose to the Broncos in the opener at Denver. Look, we saw what Denver did the next week against yeah, the Cowboys, yeah. and then they lose to Miami, and uh, they lose to Miami, and, and the Dolphins were a playoff team last year. This is, I, I think they're a pretty good team. I think this is they're a pretty good team, uh, yeah. a chance to be a five hundred type of team. I don't think it's a playoff team. No. But Philip Rivers, until this little losing streak he's had against the Chiefs. Didn't he own the Chiefs? I mean, wasn't he one of those guys that had a great record went, against the Chiefs yeah. until this, until basically Andy Reid got here? This is not like a four, three or four win team as long as they're healthy. Like mm-hmm. these guys could win seven or eight games. Mm-hmm. Hey, what what do, what do you think? Is there an impact on the game? A discernible impact on the game? The dimension of the stadium and the fact that I you know we've seen the Chiefs fans take over in San Diego. <laughs> But the thought is they're going to take over in Los Angeles too. Does that Probably. have any effect on the game? It might. I mean, it might. I mean, it, the, the Chiefs have shown an ability to win in a lot of places, right? So yeah, yeah. Andy's calling card, right? I think it's going to affect us more than it affects them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call that. There's no way that Chris Rock box is large enough for everybody. No. Producer no, David Hewlett is already concerned oh, about yeah, it. No, plenty big enough for all. I'm sure we're not going to have any trouble getting everybody we want. I'm sure that's going to be easy. Um, Can I say one thing about the Chargers, about the Los Angeles Chargers? Um, Like, we we always tend to look at all of these games, us and whoever's watching, like very Chiefs-centric, right? Like, if something good happens, if the Chiefs make a big play, it's because of what the Chiefs did. If the Chiefs give up a big play, it's because of what the Chiefs did. But from the Chargers' point of view, I think it's it's a kind of a dangerous game to be the third opponent when a team has lost those two games on a field goal. They know they're better than 0-2. And I just wonder, it just feels a little bit trappish, a, a little bit like, you know, the Chiefs might be getting going on the road um, to a game that's going to be a weird atmosphere. It, yeah. just, it, it feels like a dangerous game. It really I, does. That's correct. I'm not disagreeing. We, we've seen them. This team's gotten mentally tougher since Andy Reid's been. That's for sure. Yeah. I feel like this is a game they probably lose you know, three years ago, mm-hmm. four years ago. Now I think. I think they're mentally tough enough to handle it, uh, but you know that game gets too many penalties. I, I thought the Eagles game yeah. was there. Yeah. Was yeah. that that game, that mm-hmm. trap game? Um, a couple extra days. It could be about coming. The Patriots win, and you know what's funny is this will be the first game they've had just the, the standard amount of time to prepare for this season. I mean, it's just yeah, you're right. You know, yeah. wow. little, little mm-hmm. quirk. Yeah. All right, old man football segment by Menon. <laughs> what a by <laughs> Menon. Right. <laughs> Uh, should we let uh, one of our columnists do it, or Blair? I like to see the young old man. I don't have one in mind. <laughs> uh, I know Blair's cranky about something. I'm just trying to put it I off. Got something? I kick it off. All right, I kick it off. How about that? All right. All right. Um, uh, enough with you guys tweeting me about <laughs> CJ Spiller. Okay, like I've had it. Like clones, I've had it. All right. I, I know it's funny to think that they've re-signed C.J. Spiller. I know you think you're clever by tweeting me saying, have they re-signed C.J. Spiller yet? Have they released C.J. Spiller yet? I know that you guys think that's funny. It's not. It's, it's as funny as your Romeo Cornell little groin jokes. Okay, clones? We've had it. All right? Stop sending those to me. Got it? Keep sending them. <laughs> Uh, uh. Hey, I got I got a little something, that, and and actually, we we all probably have something to say to this. Can Travis Kelsey just go ahead and act like he's been somewhere before, <laughs> anywhere before? And look, I'm all for it. Like I love the cream hunt, nap sleeping on me thing. That was fun, right? I, I'm not just a complete old man football crank fuddy dud, really. But <laughs> but he, to have Andy Reid get in his face. Over over the penalty, and then score a touchdown a little while later, and basically take the exact same risk doing the fly eagle fly thing around the field. <laughs> that is that's a that's that is so brazen and just off the rails that yeah. I, is it? You listening to anybody? He is not. Well, you know who's gone old man football on this topic is one Andy Reid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yes. Yes. Uh, um, and I believe there'll be a video, if not posted already, will soon be posted on his response to questions about uh, about Travis Kelsey. And let's just just say that Andy Reid has finished uh, responding to those questions. <laughs> well, you're right, though. It is totally old school, old man football. I'm so mad, at Travis Kelsey. I'm going to take it out on the media. That's how. That's how yeah. it came off to me. Yeah. I mean, and. Yeah, it's so, so, Andy has an established track record of doing that. For the record, um, you know, he he'll protect his guys to the end. But I, I am telling you, like he's just not some big old teddy bear that just lets his guys go do whatever they want to go do. Like this guy's got some teeth, and I think we're getting close to seeing him. Like this is ridiculous. It's four games in a row, there's been something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I actually had that. Suspension. I had that actually as one of my surprises that there's been two of these things already. Typically, it takes him a little while to get lathered up into something like that. <laughs> yeah. But he started the season not so. Yeah. Like, he's, I mean... After declaring himself, you know, no longer yeah, no longer right. an idiot running yeah. around. That's why Andy said, we got three months until Christmas. Yeah. There's 14 more games. <laughs> like, look at where we are. Like, it gets worse as the season goes. So, yes. Like, he, he's 28. He's about to turn 28, right? Like, we're getting to the point Andy's going to show his teeth on this. Is, is that what Travis isn't going to. Actually, I got a question for you. How close are we to. Will, will, will Sunday's game be remembered as the start of Chiefs fans starting to con, con, not turn against Kelsey, but start well, to. Well, look at this. Here, here is back, back to the Chargers, not San Diego, but this was one last year he sat out the first series. Would Andy do something like that based on what we've just seen? Is that something that's in the cards this week? It might be. It, we don't know. It might be. Sure. Let's. We'll see. Can I say something like that? I think the focus on Andy is misplaced in this. I think that Andy has done um, – he'll continue to, to, to get mean and do all those things. But the only way that this stops <clears throat> is his teammates. Yeah. Yeah, like, and I'm not. Say yes. Hey, man, you heard the team, man. <laughs> <laughs> it is getting better, by the way. Um, you know, like I, I think the coach. Chill with that, man. <laughs> <laughs> like that—that's what it is. That's it's—it's it's Alex, or it's Justin Houston, or it's Derek Johnson, or you know. One Does of it have to be guys. an offensive player? Does it? It, it, it doesn't matter. I don't, no, matter. Not so, that, I don't think so. I don't so, think so. Yeah. And because partly, I think this because this is something that Therese has talked about. Um, you know that that Travis has friends in all corners of that locker room in a way that you know, like an NFL locker room can be a very segregated place. Not just you know black and white or urban and rural and how people grew up, but you know offense, defense, and skill yeah. position linemen yeah. and all those things. And and Kelsey, I think is, you know, he's not the only one, but he may be the best example of a guy that has friends and kind of respect in in all corners of that locker room, no matter position, no matter background, no matter. Um, anything else? So I, I, I really do believe this. I think it's got to, Eric Berry. You know, I know he's yeah. not playing, but maybe yeah. you know somebody like that has to has to knock that, some sense into him. No, that's that's true, and I think I've said that before. Yeah, like you know, yeah. But Travis is more reachable uh, by Reed than maybe other people that you have to that need to be reined in. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I, I do have an old man football I, thing, real quick. Okay. Is it too late? No, go ahead. All right. I have a working theory, and I haven't mentioned this to you. I'm, I'm curious what you guys think. But I have a working theory that uh, holding from an offensive lineman is is being flagged less and less um, with, and this is kind of a conspiracy mm-hmm. theory, but partly an NFL desire to protect the quarterback mm-hmm. and partly to make up for a lack of practice time and mm-hmm. all that stuff that, that they know that offensive linemen are at a disadvantage, so they're mm-hmm. letting them get away with things that they otherwise wouldn't. Well, except on the potentially game time. Yeah, in playoffs. In playoff in playoffs. In playoffs. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> except for that. Everything <laughs> except that. This I'm starting to notice it this year. I really have I, I agree. I actually I agree with that. Numbers yeah, that I do agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, we should look into that. that that's a good point. Uh, if, if, if that does prove to be the case, ugh, like... This is not the game that I grew up loving. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. If that's what if that's what they're doing to compensate for the fact that the linemen have atrocious technique and they don't know how to run block and they don't take good angles and they don't understand pass pro and they get too far out ahead of their feet <laughs> and they don't get their hands up fast enough. Ugh, God. Ugh. 
if that's what they got to do, this game is in a lot more trouble than we think. I think college football is producing fewer good offensive linemen. No, that's a huge part of it. No, that's true. That's because nobody's running pro style except Alabama Mm -hmm. in Michigan. Yeah, you know, Jimmy. You know, Jimmy got to run his 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 three tight end sets, you know. But uh, yeah, it, and that's sad. Like that's that's legitimately sad. Like again, I did my all juice team. I just punted on the linemen. These offensive linemen were horrible. I had like one third round pick, and the rest were like late round guys. These guys were awful. It that's bad. Like football, good football is made in the trenches. We got all these pass rushers and guys that get after the quarterback and no one to block them. So, all right. Uh, we got reader mail. We're going to answer a few. This is a good question from Greg Hedrick. If Alex keeps this up, is he worthy of a first-round pick? In a trade? Um, well, what, is, what would that team be getting? They, they would, be, would they just be getting the one year? Or are we talking like they, they'd restructure Alex says he wants to play four more years. Yeah, so they'd be, they'd be getting a guy. Ostensibly, they'd be. You'd be getting your starter. You'd also be getting the mentor to whichever second or third round quarterback you draft. Yeah. Or third round quarterback. I think in the right situation, I could see a team. I mean, look, like he's not going to finish with 70 touchdowns and no interceptions or whatever he's on pace for right now, right? But, um, you know, if if, if, if he's, yeah, if he's, um, like, what would be a reasonable career best for him? Like, you know, 30 and 7? 32. I think Um, he could get to 30. And then then with like seven picks or something like that, that'd be a hell of a year. Maybe 12. That leads the NFL. Um, I mean, that's that's an NFL leading year. The interceptions are going to go up because he consistently is down. Yeah, no, field now. that's right. That's going to go up. I don't know if I'd give up a first form. I do think a second rounder is in play. If I'm the Chiefs, I take that. I'm good with that. The problem isn't just the that. first that you give up. Then you also have to pay that guy. Um, right. You know, even if you restructure, no one's going to give a first million. They'll give a second. From the Chiefs' point of view, okay, great. You get my second round pick back. I get two first. I get two second round picks that'll make mm-hmm. up for it. It'll be like you traded down. Plus, you got the quarterback. Right. In the future. Broader question on on this question is just this. I mean. It, are you guys of the mind that there's really almost no way he's their quarterback next year? No, I, or not, I think, not I, think really. it's, I think it's a I think I think it's eighty percent past yeah, yeah, going to yeah. be the quarterback. That's yeah. unlikely. I think it's that unlikely, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, if Adams goes out throws thirty two touchdowns this year, he rips it up, and these guys come within a play at a Super Bowl, and he doesn't have any other head trauma. Right? Yeah. I think, yeah, he might come back. We also don't know how Pat's going to develop for right. the next three months. Right. We'll right. have to see. I don't but, know. So the, the problem isn't just, though, that, that um, Mahomes doesn't have to be – the Chiefs don't have to believe that Mahomes in 18 is going to be as good as Alex would be in 18. The Chiefs have to believe that Mahomes in 18 is going to be as good as Alex in 18 minus $17 million or whatever they'd save. It's 17 right, right. in, in cap yeah, space. Yeah. That's a good point. And, you know, Marcus Peters is going to need to get paid at some point. You know, they, they've got some other guys, um, you know, con- especially if this is – Especially if this is a successful mm-hmm. season, like it looks like it's going to be, you know, they're they're going to have some places to put that money. I agree. Um, we're going to ignore Kenny Vaccaro. We're not going to go there. Was there a glaring weakness with the O line? Yeah, it's called it's called Philly going eight deep, Fletcher Cox and rotating guys. It's called number yeah. ninety one. Yeah, it's called. Uh, Cox had a pretty quiet day, but he he did kind of. There were times he was where disruptive. there was he, he some was disruptive. statistic wise, he didn't really. Right, right, there was stuff. Brandon Graham. Yeah, Brandon Graham. <laughs> I told you guys, Brandon Graham is good. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, you know Derek Barnett would start, might start here. Mm-hmm. Derek Barnett's good. Hey, they got guys, man. They're rotating cats right on through now. Chris what? Long comes in. Plays in little fifteen players or whatever. Where, where's that? Where's that? I really D-line? like the Philly D line. In the context of the league, where is that Philly D line? Oh, it's top, top seven. five, top I mean, three. It's easy, top. Without the benefit of doing <clears throat> the, the necessary work, on I'd take that D line. And I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's hey, it's, it's pretty doggone good. So, um, how do you guys feel about the safety by committee approach? Question by Ad Rock. Uh, well, the, uh, I, I think the. The guys who played last week showed themselves pretty well. Um, Eric Murray had the had the big play, uh, touchdown saving tackle, and Sorensen had a couple of highlight moments. Uh, I think it's going to take a little time for them to to get adjusted to this these new roles. But I feel better about it after the game than I did going into the game. I thought this was a I, I, you know Philadelphia had they threw the ball well. Carson Wentz had a good game, and 
and and and it was you know that they they picked on uh, they picked on, even threw it at uh, at Marcus Peters. So Quentin Wentz finished with three hundred plus passing yards and three thirty six. Yeah, I, but I think that it's going to be okay for this for now, especially if the Chiefs are as good up front as they appear to be. If they can get pressure on. You know, pressure on quarterbacks, then I think Chiefs will be able to live with Sorensen and Murray. I want to go just a, we're going to go about 35 minutes today because we got some good questions here. Okay. I'm going to take care of the people that decided to tune in. So ah. thank you. Um, it's for corporate reasons. Okay. okay. Uh, you got <laughs> Just double checking. Yeah, I got it. Um, good question from Kyle Fisher. Did you guys notice anything off with Peters last week? Other than the fact he was getting thrown at? Um, I don't know. There might have there were some times where it felt like he was like a little slower than normal, I, I, and he was getting worked on too at one point in the game. I tell you what, I was he was getting worked in on. Was you know he really did kind of get out of the way of Wentz when he was running on that play. Yeah, okay, that was some. Old I mean, that's Roger Dorn. It, 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 it really was. It really was. I don't blame him. I thought there was. <laughs> I don't blame him. I don't blame him, but yeah, no, out of the way. Yeah. There was a. Um, it seemed to me there were more times on Sunday. Than usual, where he was way off the line of scrimmage, you know, steeper. Yeah, and and there was a play. I can't remember who the receiver was. Was it Torrey Smith or I can't remember? Um, and it was just kind of a little slant, um, and they got eighteen twenty yards out of it. And Marcus, like, it was his guy, and he got turned around a little bit, but he just he was so far back from the line of scrimmage when the play started that that play was always going to be open. Was that and him I just or them reminding him? No, I think it's, yeah, I think that's Bob Sutton. I don't think yeah, that's Marcus yeah. Peters, but it was just, it's interesting to me. I don't know why they did that. Yeah. Uh, it, and it, se- it seemed <laughs> much more than, than, than usual. Andrew Kate asks, how is New England ahead of KC in the power rankings per Bleacher Report? Because they're power rankings. Because they are designed to ask, make you ask questions. Those are, the, those are a corporate invention. Right, those are designed to get you to click on trash. There is, yeah, there, there is nothing there more irrelevant than than an NFL power ranking. Note like to sell, just start NFL. <laughs> <laughs> we are about our clicks. We are about our clicks. I knew something good was coming with Blair. Click the pen. Brendan Downey asks, any concern with running back depth? Shouldn't there be another bruiser? You know what? The the nature of this offense right now, they throw a lot. They're using a lot of three tight end, three receiver sets more than they have in the past. Actually, I feel like the number of three tight end sets or even two tight end sets are down. I actually checked into this. They're not using the tight end quite as much. They're using a lot of three tight end, three receiver stuff. Uh, and if they're going to go three receiver, that means that running back needs to be able to block and catch the ball out of the backfield. So not necessarily, right? I guess you want a bruiser, but Kareem Hunt kind of functions that way because he he's really good near the goal line. Uh, if anybody got anything to add, want to add? I, just, I don't know how many bruisers could have scored that two-yard touchdown. Like, exactly. That was a oh, yeah. he kept his legs moving. Oh, my God. Yeah. With, with the bronze. <laughs> don't play with me. <laughs> With the Broncos and Raiders looking strong, what record is it going to take to win the AFC West? Probably 12 wins. 11, 12 wins. Took 12 last year. Yeah, 12 last year. Did, did the Raiders have 11? No, they were both 12 before. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't we both? We picked them to both go 11 and 5, right? Yeah. But we both picked them to win the division. Yep. All right. So we're just figured 0 and 1, too. Yeah, that's right. That's the thing. They were going to be 0 and 1, right? Ryan Clausen says Did Andy give Kelsey a mini suspension by only making him block in the first quarter? That's pretty good. I like that. That's fun. That's pretty good. Hey, here's the thing about Kelsey, by the way. Do you think this was just a look to give the Eagles on the last play when he was out there in the end zone? (laughs) No. Calvin Johnson did that for the Lions. But then they call a timeout and he comes out. They took him off the field. I didn't Mm -hmm. understand that. Like, why take him off there? Is that just like give him something different? They they saw it before the timeout. Now we're going to do something. There was some concern in the press box that he might. Celebrate in an unruly way after. after <laughs> I might have bet on that. <laughs> I don't remember who, who said it. Uh, that's funny. Um, how big is the sea of red in LA this week? It'll be large. Nobody cares. Oh, it's always big it when it was in San Diego. I, I suspect it'll I don't be blame. But well, it won't be that big because. <laughs> can only be so big. Right. <laughs> There'll be so many tickets available. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the press box is as big as this room. Yeah. yeah. I hope you guys yeah. are ready. It's going to be great. Actually, I hope we're ready for that. So, Okay, this has been good. I like the format. Solid, good stuff. Let's run through our predictions real quick. We're going to start on this side. Vahe, Chiefs are 2 0. 
Chargers are 0-2. Where are you going? Chiefs win about 28-21. 24-23, but I think it's a really dangerous game. Uh, I do. I think the Chiefs will win, though. Uh, I'm picking the Chiefs as well, 30-24. Um, Chargers miss a field goal at the end. 27-24. Chiefs. All right. So we're going to run down our list of things we need you to do. If you stay to the end of this thing, I see we still got our entire group. We appreciate you, right? Um, if you want to listen again, you can download this on our podcast page. We're going to upload it later. We're going to upload all these to our podcast page, so... Check those out, right? Um, rate our podcast, which is Sports Beat KC, on iTunes. Please go ahead and do that. That actually does help us as we try to make all of this worth it corporate-wise, right? Um, download our Red Zone app so you can read all of our stories. We've never produced more. Uh, we've never produced better stuff, right? And there's a tremendous amount of effort that goes into all of it. So go ahead and do all that for us. We would appreciate it. Um, for Vahe, for Sam... For Blair, I'm Therese. It's good to see you guys. And we'll see you this weekend in sunny Los Angeles. Ooh, the Chiefs signed C.J. Spiller. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. That was well done. That was good. SeatGeek is the easiest way to find the best deals on tickets to pretty much any live event. Concerts, sports, theater, comedy, whatever you want. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code SEATS to save $20 on your first purchase. Okay, good stuff there. Let's go ahead and transition to my conversation with ESPN Chargers reporter Eric D. Williams. Let's go. I'm here pleased to bring one of my main men on, Eric Williams from ESPN, covers the Los Angeles Chargers. Eric, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for having me. It's always good talking ball with you. I enjoy it. Uh, but hey, you know, I'm, I'm in Southern California. It's 75 degrees and I got short sauce so i can't complain <laughs> gotta love that man gotta love yep. that now I, I gotta just tell my listeners man eric is one of my favorite beat writers in the business because like me um you know you love you love the x's and o's a little bit man you can you can talk ball me and eric feels like before every cheese game we kind of huddle up just kind of <laughs> break down what's going on um and I'm actually really interested to kind of bring that to you guys here because we have some really good conversations. So without further ado, let's get going. I think first thing I'm kind of interested in, I see the new coach, Anthony Lynn. I see you still have Ken Wisenhunt as the offensive coordinator. Has his hire changed anything about the way the Chargers are running their offense, man? For the most part, no. I mean, Wisenhunt's still calling the plays, and, and it's basically the same offense they're running under Mike McCoy. Um, the only thing that they've, they've added is, you know, Lynn's specialty is the run game. And so they have more diversity of runs that they're able to throw at teams than maybe they have in the past. But I, I still think they're most effective when they go up-tempo and they just let Phillip Rivers kind of do his stuff at the line of scrimmage, uh, look at the defense, and, and just figure out where uh, the weaknesses are. Um, and that's really what they did last week against the Dolphins. They really opened it up second half. And then you just saw Phillips slicing and dicing. So to answer your question, the offense is basically the same um, as last year and years previous, really. I remember when we were talking when Melvin was a rookie, he just couldn't get going. And we were wondering if he was kind of going to be able to unlock it, right? But uh, he's been great. Uh, and he makes people miss. And he's a physical runner. He's got a lot of ability. Uh, does he play like a really big role in this offense now as far as making this thing go? Is it still really Phillip's show? It's Phillip's show, but I really think like the offense is running at its optimum level when, when, when Melvin is running the football effectively and they can be efficient and defenses can't really key on the pass or the run. And they really haven't got Gordon going yet. Um, they struggled running the football. I think Gordon only had 13 yards against Dolphins last week. And so you saw kind of the extended handoff where they're throwing swing routes, flat routes, just get them out in space so we could at least get some touches because they really had trouble moving the Dolphins' defensive front. But um, I think for this offense to be effective and for this team to, to, to do what I think they can do, which is, you know, win 9 to 10 games, Gordon's going to have to have some chunk plays and, and get 80 to 100 yards from scrimmage. One guy that's fun to watch is a receiver, Keenan Allen. Uh, well, Marcus Peters is well acquainted with him. <laughs> that's true. Have those yeah, guys, you know, has, has Allen said anything about Marcus? 
There, there may have been some conversations in the locker room <laughs> about, about Marcus. <laughs> there, there may have been some conversations. You know, I, I, I love Keenan because Keenan has so much confidence in his ability, and he believes he can he can beat anybody lined up uh, on the opposite side of him in terms of, of, of cornerbacks. Uh, and it's hard to argue with him. I mean, when he's healthy, I mean, he's, he's tough to guard because he's big, he's physical, but he's sudden, like a smaller guy, which makes him tough to cover in and out of breaks. He's not explosive. He's not a 4-4 guy, but he's fast enough that you still have to kind of respect his deep speed because he can run by you. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think he's looking forward to that matchup with Marcus. I imagine Marcus is probably looking forward to it as well, you know, based on what was happening in that earlier matchup in the opening game of the year. And I think, for me, that's really the story is – the, the Chargers have their full complement of playmakers. That wasn't the case, obviously, in that last game of the year last year. You know, you had Andre Williams as their, their main running back. And so I'm interested to see if they can kind of pick pick up where they left off in that opening game where they got up early and then just kind of choked it all away. Right, right. For sure. I'm really interested in that aspect, too. Just your quick breakdown of the offensive line. They add Slauson. They bring Russell Okun in. Is this offensive line okay now? It feel like it's been a weak spot for years, but are they okay? Yeah, now? I think we talk about it every year when we meet up. Like, yeah, old line. Like, yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's addition by abstra- uh, subtraction. You know, they get rid of King Dunlap, who you know when he's healthy is a good player. The problem is he just can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Has concussion issues and, and leg issues. Same with DJ Fluker. You know, tough, hard working guy. Had trouble keeping the weight down, and again the injuries. So they move on from him, and then Orlando Franklin, kind of the same as the other two, uh, just older guys that are kind of at the back end of their careers that are struggling to stay on the field, and you're always having to manage them during the week. So I think they just kind of said, you know what, let's go younger. Maybe they're not as talented as those other guys, uh, but we know that they're going to be on the field week in and week out, and maybe we can get some consistency going. Bringing in Russell was big, I think. I know some people, you know, look at what he did last year with Denver, struggled a little bit in pass protection. Uh, but I think some of that was on the quarterback, maybe holding on the ball a little bit too long. Yeah. And, you know, pass blocking is not Oakland's specialty. He's a run blocker. You know, I covered him in Seattle. He's a nasty guy that likes to get after it in the run game. He's an adequate pass blocker. And I think with Phillip, it's even better because Phillip gets uh, rid of the ball so quick. So he doesn't have to block for three, three and a half seconds. It's more like two and a half, um, you know, because it's more of a quick passing game. So you have him at left tackle. You have Matt Slauson moving from center to left guard, which I think is his more natural position. Uh, they have an undrafted rookie from last year out of Vanderbilt, Spencer Pulley, playing uh, center, and he's been solid. You haven't noticed him, which is what you want for a center. You haven't noticed him getting blown back or anything like that. Uh, but really the surprise has been their right guard, Kenny Wiggins, again, a guy out of Fresno State, kind of unheralded, journeyman, really struggled to make the back end of the roster. He's been balling. He's, he's been really their, their best offensive lineman of the five uh, wow. in the first two games. And then Joe Barksdale, you know, a, a, a solid pass blocker on the right tackle spot. So um, I, I like that what they have there. The issue for these guys, though, is they're not going to blow you out the line of scrimmage. And I think that's why Melvin's really struggling and getting it going run game because there's just not a whole lot of creases there for him to, to get moving. When the Chargers offense has struggled this season, what have the opposing teams done to make that happen? I think they're just pushing the line of scrimmage back. And I think that's that's the issue um, is, is getting a push in the run game. And then on third down, still struggling. I think they're 25%. Um, they were third and medium, third and long against Denver, so that kind of affected their ability to be efficient. But against uh, the Dolphins, they just had penalties. They had three different penalties uh, where they were in scoring position on third down that pushed them out of out of scoring position or out of field goal position. Uh, so I think they, they need to be you know more efficient. They need to get rid of the penalties. And they need to be better on first and second down so they're in more manageable situations in third down. I got you. All right. I took a look at this defense – um, yeah, they call them as a three-four, but it feels. I was watching the last two games. It feels like every play they're like in a four-two. I know that's because teams are going more three per wide personnel now. Uh, yeah. You, do you like? You kind of like what they've got in that nickel personnel up front. Yeah, I mean, I'm familiar with this defense again because I was in Seattle when Gus was there, and you're right. It, it's a four-three scheme, 
with three, four personnel. So at times they they run kind of a bare front on early down, so it looks like a three, four um, to, to try to stop the running game. And you're also right in the sense that they played a lot of nickel. They played a lot, a lot of four, two, five. They uh, they drafted Dexter uh, King out of Iowa, and yeah. he's their nickel guy. He's he's good, good ball player. He's good. Playmaker. I like him. Yeah, he, he's he's got some skills. I think he had like um, 18 picks in college or something like that. I think he had 29 picks in high school. Something ridiculous. Um, so he's kind of added something a little bit uh, in terms of his ability to play nickel. You know, they're missing Jason, so I mean that's their top corner. They have Trevor Williams playing in place of, of Jason Barrett, and and he's done a solid job. Uh, but you're right. It, it's more an emphasis on speed and guys getting into the football. Uh, the one guy that's played really well for them is Jatavis uh, Brown. He's, he's good. played. Yeah, he, he's all over the place. Yeah. He's a will backer, but in this scheme, he's he's kind of like uh, Neil for the Falcons, similar body type and yep. skill set. A guy that can run and cover, you know, ran a four four five, I think, coming out of, of college. Um, he leads the team in tackles. I think he leads the NFL in tackles right now with 26 tackles. Um, so he's made a lot of plays, and that's been important because Denzel Perryman's still hurt. They're Mike linebacker, and they're rotating two guys in right now. Uh, Hayes uh, Pullman, who they uh, picked up from Jacksonville, knows the scheme. And then Corey Toomer is kind of their base guy uh, when that when they go base at Mike. Uh, so I think that's their second level of the defense is, a, is an area I think that Kansas City will try to attack. Obviously, their front four is one of the better front fours in the league when you have Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Corey Legit, who's done a nice job of pushing the pocket, and then uh, Brandon Meebane, who's kind of their run stuffer. So um, their front four, they're going to just try to get pressure with their front four. They're going to keep everything in front of them and, and just try to get you off the field. You know, they've been, but don't break. And, and so far, they've been okay. You know, they only give up 19 points. You really should win a game like that if you're holding a team to 19 and then give up 24 points on the road in Denver in a hostile environment. There's, there's no shame in that. Oh. Uh, in general, when teams have, have given this defense issues, how have they done it? Uh, they've done a couple different things. I, I think they've, they've worked, the, again, the middle of the field. You, when you get linebackers like Kyle Emanuel and, and, and Jatavis, you know, having to cover downfield, I think that's a mismatch. So they've done that. And they've been able to run the football pretty effectively. I think J.J. had 122 rushing yards. Yep. So he, he was used gashing them early. Uh, they're having trouble tackling. You know, this is a team that needs to do a better job tackling an open field. Um, so I think I think run game will be important. <laughs> that they don't want to stay. That's not good news because let me. Kareem Hunt's one of the most slippery guys I've ever seen. Yeah. So. Yeah, Kareem's and not only Kareem. Kansas City has so many playmakers that can make plays from from all yeah. different types of formations, and yeah. um, oh, it's going to be tough. Oh, Eric, the Chiefs' top three playmakers all excel at run after the catch. Yep. Ty, Travis, and uh, Karee. Oh, my God. Okay. So, <laughs> that's, that's Good track me. Can, can we also talk about briefly, just real quick, StubHub Center? What's it like covering a game there? I'm trying to get mentally prepared. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like covering um, a good small college team. Like, okay. if you were to go watch Montana play okay. or Boise State. So, you know, it's, it seats about 28. 27,000, but it was full. You know, I think kind of the national um, story was there were a lot of empty seats, and that wasn't the case. I mean, you know, they can only seat 27, and because of comp seats and, and ADA, you know, really it's more like 25-5 or something like that. Uh, so it was full. The problem was it was, you know, 30 40% Dolphin fans, and I know KC travels. It's probably going to be at least that much in terms of cheese fans. But the, the game itself, I mean, I – it's awesome. I mean, because you're so close as a fan uh, to, to what's going on in the field. You know, a lot of times when we travel and we go to different stadiums, we're way up and you can barely see. So in terms of the media, you're, you're, you're on 30, 40 yard line close. You can see what's going on. Okay. Yeah, it, it's an open air box. So you can really feel the fans and the noise and that kind of thing. So I like it. I think it's a good environment. I think, I think some fans or some people went thinking that they weren't going to like it, and then they kind of, you're there, and you're like, mm, this is pretty good. Um, so I, I like the environment, um, but, you know, it's, it's L.A. I mean, there's so much stuff to do. that they, they weren't really clamoring for the Chargers in Los Angeles. So you, you got to put some W's out there if you want to get any kind of attention. I hear you. 
Uh, you think the Chargers got a pretty good chance to win this game, or at least a chance? Are you giving them? You giving them a chance? Yeah, I, I give them a puncher's chance just because of their offense, because they can score points, and I think the defense again with that bend but don't break philosophy. They're going to hold the, the Chiefs to field goals at times, and they're going to try to turn them over, too. You know, that's another staple of Gus Bradley's defense is forcing turnovers, although Alex is playing out of his mind right now yes. when you watch the things that you're doing. I looked at his numbers, and, and I watched the Patriots game. I was like, wow, this looks like a different dude. Uh, very confident. He's taking yeah. chances. You know, Alex doesn't take chances at all. He's, he's slinging it all over the place. Oh, he's going so, downfield. Alex Gunslinger. He's lending it know, Different dude. So if that's the guy that shows up, step up. Could be a long day for the Chargers. But you know, you've, you've seen these matchups. They're always close. They always go back and forth. Um, they know each other so well um, that I think it's hard for you know both teams to kind of game plan and get an idea of, of what they're going to face on game day. So I expect a close game. I'm, I'm picking right now the Chiefs 30-27. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. But I wouldn't be surprised if Chargers come out on top because I think they're the more desperate team being on two right now. Okay. Um, guys, I got to tell you, you know, Eric is one of the better followers in the NFL as far as uh, just knowing his team, man. So you're a Chiefs fan who wants to know about everything happening in the AFC West. This has got to follow for the Chargers, man. Uh, guaranteed. Eric, can you tell them, tell the people how they can find your stuff, man? Okay, say that again. You were cutting oh. in and out. Yeah, can you tell the people how to find your stuff, man? Yeah, you can find my stuff at the ESPN NFL Nation blog, Chargers, and then you can also hit me up on Twitter at Eric underscore D underscore Williams. Sorry about the underscores, a lot of Eric Williams <laughs> running around. Guys, make sure you do it, man. Tremendous follower, tremendous beat writer, one of the best guys in the business. So, Eric, looking forward to seeing you this weekend, man. Thanks for giving me your time, man. We all really appreciate it. Cool, looking forward to seeing you as well. Safe travels, trust. All right, see you, man. All right, so I'm actually going to – agree here with Eric. I think the Chiefs are going to win 30-24. to I think it's probably going to be a little closer than you guys expect, but um, I do think the Chiefs will win. They're the better team. They're used to playing on the road in potential trap games. I, I do think it's going to be a very Chiefs-friendly crowd, and I think that's going to help. So, Hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace.